calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. Hey everyone, this is John Roca, one third of the Geek Buddies with this awesome ad for you. If you like this show and you want to make your own and some of you have reached out and asked us about making your own podcast, well, let me tell you about Anchor. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And now you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. The possibilities are endless for what you can create, whether it's music analysis, your own radio show, or something the world's never heard before. Go ahead and let your freak flag fly. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many more places. And you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Take it from us here at the Geek Buddies. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now, on with the Geek Buddies show. Welcome, everybody, to another brand new episode of The Geek Buddies. Hey! Was I, did I do it too early? Did I too? No, did no, I? Did all I, right. I no, Whew. I like it. I like it. I was, just, yeah, I was so excited. I was so you excited. Are. You got to be aggressive in life. I respect that. We got a lot going on today. And thank you, everybody, for joining us here on The Geek Buddies. We're going to cover a lot of things uh, going on in the world of entertainment. Uh, and for those of you who are returning uh, listeners or viewers, thank you very much. For those of you who are new and taking a chance on us, welcome aboard. We hope we entertain you. We keep you as a listener or a viewer for sure. <laughs> exactly. Stay with us. I, I am. I am one of your outlaws. I'm sorry. I'm one of your hosts, the outlaw John Roca. I am the writer and producer and host here on this channel. I am not quite as outlawish as John Roca, uh, but I am here. I am Michael Hogel, and I am a writer and producer of animated TV shows and movies. 
And this is one of your in-laws. This Hello. is Shannon McClung. I'm an animation writer and a television <laughs> actor where you may have seen me on Silicon Valley, Friends from College, and Teen Wolf. Ooh, God, I like it, Teen Wolf. I love that stuff. Um, yeah, so uh, for those, so for everybody who is watching right now, the way we usually do the show, uh, as we, each of us tackles one geek news item, we all talk about it and move on to the next one. So we do three of them in the first uh, uh, part of the show, take a little bit of a mini break, then we'll jump into our main topic. And our main topic today is talking about how we think the election uh, and uh, the controversy around the election and the eventual whatever's going to happen on January 20th is going to affect uh movie theaters movies tv media uh in what kind of ways we're going to predict and kind of speculate what we think might be happening here when this all goes down on january 20th whatever's going to go down on january 20th so we're just going to speculate and have a little fun doing that today. i'm sorry also, talk about I'm sorry. was was there on, an election finish. was there was there an election there, this week there was an election this week i don't know if you noticed there were a lot of return of the jedi celebrations but there was an election this week so we're gonna do we're gonna take all tackle all of that uh, today here on the show um <laughs> anyway all right uh <laughs> Uh, what's the, I, I'm missing. Is there an inside joke here I'm missing? I don't know. Is there something no, going? I just, I just was like, I was just surprised. I mean, I didn't know that a lot was going on in this past week. It seemed pretty chill for me. I didn't really yeah. notice anything happening in the world. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of celebrations. There were, there was the Paris and the bells in Paris were ringing, uh, London shut off fireworks and everything like that. And then we've got some fireworks of our own here at home. We're going to have to address at some point here in that uh, section later on in the show. But anyway, let's get into it. Our first uh, geek topic here. Uh, we have to, we'd be remiss not to start with this. And that is Johnny Depp has officially left the fantastic beasts franchise here. He's been asked to leave uh, by the uh, CEO over there at uh, Warner brothers. He was asked to step down after the conclusion of this case where he was suing the daily mail, the paper there in Britain, for libel for calling him a quote wife beater uh and in the end he lost the case and uh it made it possible for people to call him wife beater uh because there were enough um uh, the judge found that there were enough believable circumstances where there was not libel here uh and of course some people uh push back on that who are johnny depp fans and don't like that amber heard maybe instigated some of this stuff and there are people who are 100 percent behind uh this decision and like that uh, johnny depp has finally been called out for what they call uh a terrible predatory behavior and sexual assault behavior so all of that happening here and on the heels of that the studio chief over there warner brothers toby emmerich asked uh, Johnny Depp to step down. The twist on this is that Johnny Depp agreed to do it and put it on Instagram, but he already had shot one scene uh, from the next th film. And because he shot one scene, according to his contract, he was paid for his full participation in the movie. So, Mike, you're an executive. Shannon, you're an actor. Gentlemen, this is a hell of a payday for Johnny Depp for doing one scene, but how much damage is this going to do to him in the long run as a commodity and as an actor? Mike? Uh, or Shannon? Well, I, I feel like Johnny Depp is kind of a damaged brand prior to this. Okay. Um, I mean, and, and not even getting into his, his personal scandals as much, but, you know, Johnny Depp became a huge, huge star because of the Pirates of the Caribbean films. Like right. he was, he was the go-to guy. I mean, he was, he was, he had done, he had done big studio movies before that, but it was the role of Captain Jack Sparrow that made him this uber star. The mainstream star, yeah. Yeah, and since then, like all, like all movie stars, a lot of times that shine starts to dim and dim and dim and dim. Like he did a ton of movies with Tim Burton, who's one of his, favorite collaborators they did Sweeney Todd they did Dark Shadows 
They did. They did that oh, word scissor that, hands. Well, no, but that was before. But that was before. I'm oh, talking okay. about. I'm talking about since pirates. And mm. there was oh, uh, uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Right. He also did a lot of movies that pe- that just didn't do well. Like like mm-hmm. uh, what was it? The, was it the Taurus that was he? He was in with Angelina Jolie. He was in that movie where he played some sort of like. I don't know if he was an English detective. Like he was yeah, Mordecai. Mm-hmm. Mordecai. That's what yeah. it was. Mm-hmm. So. At the end of Fantastic, the first Fantastic Beasts, when Colin Farrell morphed into Johnny Depp, my memory of this is no one was stoked that it was Johnny Depp. I mean, they had kept a pretty good lid on that reveal, but it was sort of revealed. It was like, oh, him. And I mean, obviously his personal life was, was a part of that. But then you watch the second movie and, you know, Johnny Depp did what he did in the second movie. And the second movie was just really not good. I mean, when we went to the Warner Brothers panel at Comic-Con that year, I mean, he came out and he was dressed. They wanted to kind of do a play off of Loki for the MCU panel when Tom Hiddleston came out in costume. Mm. He came out as Grindelwald and it just didn't have the magic. We don't know if he if he was possibly under the influence of anything. It was just a very mumbly, <coughs> stumbly speech that did not quite energize the crowd on the level that Tom Hiddleston <clears throat> did a few years before. Mm-hmm. So just from the point of view of he will no longer be in the Fantastic Beast franchise, I kind of think the people at Warner Brothers are like, whew, we got rid of him. Uh, now let's tackle these other challenges, which mm-hmm. is getting this franchise back on track. Yeah. Okay. Mike, uh, what's your thoughts on this? Yeah, I mean, listen, uh, you are 100% right, Shannon. Uh, when uh, when the end of the first Fantastic Beast movie happened, it was kind of like the end of Disney's Beauty and the Beast, like when the Beast transforms into <laughs> Prince Adam, and everyone's like, eh, I like the Beast better. Like, that was pretty much, <laughs> pretty much where everybody was at. Um, I do agree with you that I think Johnny Depp's shine has, uh, has, has, has waned in the past several years, even despite his personal troubles. Hmm. Personal troubles certainly don't help him. Uh, I mean, look, from all accounts, like, Amber Heard, like, not great. Johnny Depp, not great. Like, that neither of them has to be good in this situation. Like, yeah. they could both be awful, and it kind of sounds like they both kind of were. Mm. Um, you know, I think that <clears throat> it's great for him that he got that pay-for-play contract so that he's going to get his full paycheck. It's not, it's, not a bad, it's not a bad paycheck for a couple days' work before the coronavirus <laughs> kind of took everything off in a different direction. I do. I, I, I think that, you know, it, it's fine that they're going to recast him. It's just, it's such a mess. I mean, putting aside all the other messes that Fantastic Beasts and Harry Potter in general has, you have this franchise where Colin Farrell kind of played a character for an entire movie. And in the last scene was revealed to be Johnny Depp. And then Johnny Depp's going to play this character for one movie. And then in the next movie, you have someone else playing him. Like, Mm. the entire Colin Farrell reveal was kind of silly and wrongheaded in the first place. And so you kind of have three different actors in three movies playing this character who's supposed to be one of the giant dark wizards pre-Voldemort in the Harry Potter world. It's like, like all things with Fantastic Beasts, it's really just kind of feeling like it's all falling flat. Uh, You know, even as a hardcore Harry Potter fan, I really had to convince myself to enjoy the first one for what it was. And the second one was such a narrative mess across the board that I couldn't even get excited about that. I mean, it was just, you know, oh, it's Dumbledore. Oh, it's Grindelwald. Oh, nothing makes sense in this movie. Um, And so between all of that and J.K. Rowling being... uh, 
racked by controversies, no matter where you fall on it, no matter your opinion on whether it's right or wrong or whatever you think, the fact of the matter remains, like, J.K. Rowling does not have the shine on her that she had either. Yeah. Uh, I just don't, I, th- I think Warner Brothers is just like, fuck, man, what do we do with this franchise? Like, I don't, I, I think if they could figure out a way to gracefully exit out of all of it while maintaining their relationship with J.K. Rowling so they could do, like, they're not going to let go of Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. That is, at least for the moment, despite people's opinions about J.K. Rowling, Harry Potter, out of all the franchises that we currently have existing in the world, is one of the big ones. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're not going to let go of that anytime soon. I, As we've discussed in the past few weeks, and we discussed it on the live show last week, uh, they, they have to have an eye on Cursed Child and looking at the main cast and figuring out when they're old enough that they could try and make money off of that. And so they yeah. want to maintain that J.K. Rowling relationship. But, uh, but man. And, it, and actually, interesting on that front, too. I mean, like when the Johnny Depp controversy sort of first came up, mm-hmm. uh, J.K. Rowling was very much vocally uh, spoke up in defense of Johnny Depp. And this time she pretty much... I feel like she she saw that that was a losing battle and decided to let that one go. So at least we know she can let go of something sometimes. Well, she's got a lot on her plate. That's for sure. Defending herself. So you add this to the mix. One one step is maybe it was a step too far. But you make a great point. A great points you did too, Shed. I mean, this idea of like how he came to fame and now how his star was waning, but also what this means for the franchise as a whole. This feels like not to use a term, a cursed child, not a cursed child, but a cursed franchise for sure. In this, in least in this section, and I feel like. Um, the thing with Johnny was easier to handle in terms of asking him to step down. And Johnny was probably like, yeah, I don't want to deal with this. You're going to pay me my full eight figure salary. All right, peace out. I'm out. Um, but the other thing of moving JK off, that's going to be an incredibly difficult thing to do. I wish JK <coughs> would step back and not have her name attached to this at all. Cause I think that's how you fix it. You get rid of David Yates. You bring in a new, like they did with, after the first two Columbus films, you bring in someone like Quaron who's going to like revitalize it or put in a, little, a new twist on it or a new take on it. It's going to feel a little more interesting. You bring a new director in, you move off JK or you ask her to just step back. She'll still get executive producer credit, get her money, but you don't make her the face of this thing. You don't even invite her to the fucking uh, uh, premiere. You just let her stay away from this thing. And then you kind of recast. Maybe you bring back Colin Farrell because Grindelwald, from what I understand from people who've read the books, and I've read the books, so I might sound a bit dumb here, uh, but but uh, he changes his face, doesn't he, throughout the uh, throughout this history of the books or the series of the books? Does he do that or no? He not no. That's and he's not a he's not a big presence in the books. He's talked about in the past. Tense. Okay, so they don't um, talk so about him yeah. having different looking yeah. different or anything like that. No. Mm-mm. Okay. Well, he is a grand wizard, so changing faces, I'm sure, is probably not that difficult for him. Yeah, but I don't. That think could the, be a I way to cover it. You know, I don't know. Yeah, I don't think that I don't think the recast is that big a challenge. I mean, he yeah. he has he has the it's been established that he can disguise himself. I don't yeah, clearly as we saw you in the know, first movie. Yeah, yeah. I I don't think that's the big deal. It's just more <laughs> getting getting the franchise back on track, which I mean from the beginning, Fantastic yeah. Beast was did not deliver on what the fans were really hoping for, which was another exciting yeah. chapter in the Harry Potter world. Yeah, and and you look at the end of the uh, to me, I, I the Eddie Redmayne, Catherine Waterston romance, it's, it's kind of boring. Uh, Goldie's where it's at, or uh, and what she's got going on with him, that's more yeah. interesting. Uh, even though they kind of betrayed her in the second movie, her character second movie, do some kind like of also right. Yeah, I mean, massive. <laughs> but you bring you bring, but I think you bring in uh, also the storyline, the homosexual storyline. Look, it came out of J.K.'s mouth, so Warner Brothers can't keep tiptoeing around this. This is twenty twenty. We are open to this. Make it happen. Recast and lean into that storyline. Stop being afraid of it. Well, you want to change something? Change something. 
I think yeah, that is like, kind of the problem. I mean, I think I 100% agree with you. And I think that is kind of the problem with the last movie in general, to make such a big deal out of young Dumbledore and young Grindelwald, and yeah. then completely just sidestep the gay issue in the most, you know, obtuse, silly way when you're like, this is this is what this is. This is this seminal relationship. So that that's a whole other issue about like them just erasing the gayness for mass audiences, but like telling people on the side to try and keep your gay audience. Like, that's just bullshit. Right. Yeah, and I think that uh, ultimately, I mean, separating J.K. Rowling from the franchise is going to be more difficult. I mean, I don't know that she has any inclination to want to do that as much as Warner Brothers might prefer it. And ultimately, as far as a lot of people's issue with J.K. Rowling, although her name being off of it is helpful, uh, a lot of people's thing is they don't want to give her the money. If they're going to give money to a franchise, Mm -hmm. they'd rather give it to something else. So even without her name on it, I think that's going to be interesting to see how uh, the the Harry Potter game for PS5 does, or the, the Hogwarts yeah. game for PS5 does, because right. that one, they've kind of gone out of their way to say, even though it's inspired by the universe of Harry Potter and J.K. Rowling, there was a lot of other creative names on it. Yeah. And I think that if the PS5 game is really successful, despite the fact that there are some people that don't want to give her money, that will be a sign that if you can minimize her people are willing to accept Harry Potter. Yeah. Uh, so I think the PS5 game is going to be a good indicator, but I, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, what was the original? Uh, this, was gonna be, this was going to be five movies, six movies, the Fantastic yeah. Beasts franchise? Five, yeah. Five, yeah. Five. I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if we did not make it to five on this one. I, I'd be, mm. I, I think that this, this might get a, cut a little bit short and then give Harry Potter some space for everything to cool down. That would be my, yeah. that's what I would do. Yeah, and then bring back the bring back the old cast, or you know maybe for the cursed child, maybe you do something like that, and that's a way to revitalize and get people back interested in it uh, with the with the uh, uh, actors and the characters they fell in love with in the first place on screen. So that's certainly possible, and we'll see. I mean, we'll see. That I, I, it sounds like they're going to press forward on this one, and maybe they make the right changes and and uh, uh, and do what they need to do for this. But I think this is the last we see Johnny as Jack Sparrow or. Uh, obviously we don't see him as Grindelwald again, but this is probably it for him, don't you think? And he'll have to kind of maybe go back to independent films for a while, I would imagine. And I know there are some people who are watching who are going to post stuff in the comments segment. You got to read what about Amber Heard did. We're not, ta- we're not choosing a side here. We're speaking about what's happening here with him in this situation. So whatever side you're on, this is actually what is happening. And so that's what we're addressing. I just want to make sure because sometimes people post yeah. links and it's like, we, we're not choosing a side here. Just talking about I mean, happening. look, I think Johnny Depp still has a lot of years as an actor left in him and there's a lot sure. of time that can go by. And so I wouldn't count him out for roles in the future uh, for him to make a comeback after all of this has died down. But I do think that at least for a while, uh, he's, he's going to have a challenge kind of booking the big stuff. Yeah, agreed. Uh, all right, Shannon, what's our next thing? Yeah, so we got two big bits of video game news. First, let's start off on let's start off on the good foot. We got <laughs> another trailer for Spider-Man Miles Morales. Now, this game is a spin-off of yep. the Spider-Man game that came out for PS4 just a couple years ago, and the trailer, hot dog, that thing looks awesome. I wish yeah. I were better at the Spider-Man game that came out previously so I could enjoy this game. I will certainly give this one a try, but I don't know if Volgor remembers this. I played it at Mike's house, and mm. Spider-Man has never done more running in his life when I played because <laughs> I couldn't couldn't quite get the web swinging down. But it is going to be coming out for the PS4 and the PS5. And uh, now on to the bad foot. Um, Marvel's Avengers from Square Enix has apparently lost more than 63 
million dollars <laughs> for Square Enix. Um, you know, they 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 announced this game, uh, you know, several years ago. People yeah. were so jazzed because we'd never gotten a proper Avengers game. And then when the first trailer came out, it was just like, ah, something, something ain't right. The character mm. design looked really, really wonky. It looked like something that you would maybe see on like the PS3. Um, people weren't really jazzed about the the designs on the characters themselves. There was a lot of promise of DLC, apparently stuff that hasn't hasn't shown up yet. And uh, yeah, people just didn't really didn't really gravitate to this game the way they were hoping. I've have a few friends who are big gamers who say once you get into it, it's actually fun. But for the most part, people have not have not taken people did not want to assemble for this Avengers game. Oh, oh. But, <laughs> you're waiting on that one. I know you're waiting on that one. <laughs> I was waiting on it. Then I forgot about it. And I remembered it when it was too late. So it's going to come out all stumbling. <laughs> <laughs> but gentlemen, what is your take on the Avengers news and the new trailer for Spider-Man Miles Morales? Uh, Mike, what do you think? Uh, I played Avengers for about 10 minutes. <laughs> okay. Does that uh, tell us how you feel about it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, I had just come off of, I think I had mentioned this a little while ago, I had finally play in, uh, played Jedi Fallen Order, uh, mm. the Star Wars game, and I thought it was a blast. I loved it. Uh, the graphics were great. The story was really interesting. I was super invested, and as soon as I beat it, I was like, oh, I need something else. I'll check out Avengers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It, okay. it, it just does not have it, 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 everyone moves wonky the gameplay is wonky like I just was not into it so I'm not surprised right. I get it I've talked to some other people like I get why I did it the Miles Morales trailer was amazing I yeah. enjoyed the Spider-Man game a lot more than Shannon did apparently at least as far as button mashing I'm a pretty good web slinger uh, <laughs> but more so than that I just thought that uh, watching the Miles Morales game it kind of just really struck me how far video games have come that was a movie trailer yep I mean, that was a straight-up movie trailer. Like, it set up a story. It set up uh, an emotional arc for Miles. Uh, it gave you a lot of really cool moments between uh, Roxxon and the Underground, kind of set up this, like, big battle that's going to go on between them. You saw Aaron Davis, the Prowler, his, his uncle. Uh, and then you just had this, like, awesome music playing. Is it just a bunch of cool cuts? And then it ended, and I was like, I would go see this movie, let alone play it. And yeah, it just, yeah. you know, in addition to the... PS5 just like up leveling everything from a graphic standpoint from a story standpoint these Spider-Man games are just really killing it right now so I cannot wait yeah. to play it like I think it's awesome yeah I'm excited for it as well uh, as we're recording this and as you guys might be watching this I uh, um, I interview I have Yuri Lowenthal coming on to be my guest uh, on the Outlaw Nation show uh, and we're going to talk about this and we're going to talk about how much uh, you know how much how cool this was for him to uh, see happen you know, because of course he was the voice of the uh, PlayStation Spider-Man. So, what was it like for the Miles Morales thing to take off? And so, I'm not sure how much um, if he has anything to do with it. If he has any, he plays any part in it. I haven't heard anything like that. So, but uh, but it's going to be fun to talk to him about it for sure. Because it's awesome. I got a PS5 coming this week. I'm definitely going to be buying that Spider-Man game to play both the Miles Morales one and Yuri's game and have a little fun with that. But the 22 minutes they released for those of you who don't know, they released the first 22 minutes of the game on youtube that you can go and watch the first 22 minutes of the game it is 
awesome. The graphics are incredible. The character work with the voiceover work is fantastic. The scenes they show you, the stuff they put you through, the gra- the graphics, the look of it all, it's just fantastic. So, you know, every once in a while, a video game comes along and it just hits all the right buttons for enough people that it becomes a sensation. And this one looks like it's picking up right where PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4 Spider-Man left off and going next level with it with the Miles Morales stuff. And, you know, people love Miles Morales as a character and I, I haven't seen him be treated badly when he's jumped off the pages into different media with Spider-Verse and now this. So this could, I mean, we could be looking at a future where Miles Morales starts to rival in the pop culture mainstream. When people think of Peter Parker, they also think of Miles Morales at the same time. I think it's still this, but there is coming a time where it could equal out and something like this helps that happen. I mean, I think when you look at some of our friends' kids, I think we might have already passed that point. (laughs) For our kids, right, but us... But some of the mainstream people at this age, you know, maybe not yet. But I think eventually we will get there when we all die off and the next generation rolls up in here. They're going to see Miles as equal as Peter Parker, which is going to be fun to see. And Spider-Gwen as well. Got to throw Spider-Gwen in there as well, for sure. As far as the Avengers thing, I didn't play it. That trailer was terrible. It never got better. The voiceover work never got better. And so I'm not surprised that it lost money. It, it, It just literally was a dud from the first trailer they dropped all the way till now. So no surprise that it didn't do well, but I hope this motivates people. When you see something like Spider-Man versus that Avengers in the video game community, like you got to come correct. Now you can't just put superheroes in a game and think people are going to be go gaga for it. You really got to work hard. Like you said, Mike, the cinematic approach to it, you have to really embrace that because that's what they're looking for nowadays. Uh, uh, fans are so well and it's and it's interesting the the way you put that john that you can't Mm. just sell the game on the name of the character anymore like for a a very very long time that is what video game developers did i mean i was i was the king of buying the video game tie-in to the superhero movie that came out like i had i had the batman begins video game and it you know it wasn't good (laughs) but it wasn't until (laughs) batman Arkham Asylum came out that you could see like, oh, this is someone really taking advantage of everything in the world of Batman, the, 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 his rogues gallery, the technology, the uh, technology that he has. And that's what the makers of the, the Spider-Man, the Spider-Man games have done as well. They're really leaning into the fact like, what is it like to yeah. swing through the buildings? What is it like to fight as Spider-Man? And so if you see going forward, like you, you see video game developers understanding the wealth of material at their fingertips hopefully we will be getting more and more good superhero games yeah yeah we shall see um all right what's our next thing all right well next thing don't know if anyone has heard but uh we might have a covid vaccine on the way a little bit of news that came out in the past couple days uh pfizer has announced uh that its covid19 vaccine uh, is coming and it might be 90% effective. Uh, it needs to be 50% effective for the FDA to approve it. And so 90% is huge and obviously would be a giant sigh of relief for the entire world. Um, but for our specific Geek Buddies purposes, it is also a giant sigh of relief for the movie industry. Um, yeah. IMAX CEO Richard Gelfand told The Hollywood Reporter, uh, you know, his, his way of putting it was, Pfizer said this is a game changer in terms of a public health issue. And I think this vaccine is also a game changer in terms of the movie industry, no one had a time frame before this announcement puts bookends on it. Um, And so what he's really saying and what all the movie theaters are 
saying is, even though there's a good number of movie theaters open right now in the United States, depending on where you live, there's not a lot of movies coming out. Aside from Tenet, there haven't really been any new movies. They've been doing some library content. At Halloween, you could go see Adam's Family or Hocus Pocus, but there's not enough newness out there. And with a lot of the recent announcements that we've talked about, like Disney deciding to release Soul on Disney Plus on Christmas Day, a lot of the movies that they were counting on for the holiday season are going away. Um, with the idea that there's a vaccine coming uh, and that by March, April, it's something that will at least beginning to be out there. You know, there's a lot of questions about how long it will take to get the vaccine out to everybody. Uh, who gets it first? How do we distribute it? Uh, obviously, essential workers and healthcare workers first, then the elderly. But like, at what point can any of us go to get it? But I think just the idea um, that there's a vaccine that exists and that it is 90% effective. And if it does begin to get distributed, I think that's gonna go a long way towards uh, consumer confidence and people yeah. believing that they can start to go out again. So for movie theaters, this is huge because most movie theaters, they are already obeying, depending on where they live, whatever those COVID guidelines are. You are sitting six feet apart from people. You do have to maintain social distance. You do have to wear a mask, but people are just afraid to go. Uh, and so I think this is an idea that this is going to get people more confident and it will get studios more confident to allow movies to be released in theaters and not go to VOD. And so it's going to slowly actually uh, rebuild the movie industry that has been super decimated. Um, so really good news for the world, first of all. Uh, good news for the movie industry. And assuming that that is good news for the movie industry, good news for the geeks that like to go see movies in theaters, which be us. <laughs> True. <laughs> well, yeah. And around the same time, it was announced, uh, Regal announced that they were going to shutter the, the rest of their theaters that had remained open. I mean, one of the, you know, they had some theaters in New York open. They had a handful in California open, one being very, very close to L.A., which was in Irvine, um, that I believe it said in the article on Thursday. Like, they are, they are going to go ahead and close the rest of those theaters, which, mm -hmm. I mean, just such a, such a bummer. I mean, you understand it from a business perspective, but it's just so disappointing because it's like, oh God, it felt like we were, we were this close to getting back to normal. Hmm. Um, you know, you know, just being able to sit in the movie theater again and have some popcorn. Um, but yeah, news of the vaccine, like that's, that's awesome. I mean, yeah. he, here, here's hoping it goes through everything it needs to go through and that it will be, will be able to get the world back to some sort of normal again, because, you know, I sure, uh, along with, missing movies obviously you know i just miss i miss being able to see people i mean i know uh, we've all been pretty lucky that we do have a, a group of folks that we can socially distance we can meet at a park we can meet on a patio um but god i just miss i miss being in like a like a crowded restaurant just being able to look around and just just sort of being able to feed off the you know the ambient energy from other people so yeah man here's hoping that this vaccine goes through miss your laugh yeah. I miss your smell. When you smell over, wow. we should get an apartment together. Wow. Wow. Whammy! Whammy! Why don't you sit out a few plays there, champ? Um, <laughs> no, listen, I... This was the these last couple of weeks. I got to be honest with you guys, and and it's and, and honest with the fans as well. These last couple of weeks have been kind of tough for me for the first time ever since we've gone into the lockdown. Like I've started to feel that sense of depression or the sense of sadness or not being able to, and I can go out and see people. Like I've been in crowded Costco's here in San Diego, crowded targets or whatever, but 
it's different than being around your friends and hanging out and letting loose and drinking and blah, blah, blah. And Lord knows I'll drive up to hang out with the group to do whatever. That's not an issue. And it's the, but there's no access to be able to do it necessarily in the group, in the law, in the uh, numbers that we're used to, you know? And so you're right. And I hope this does go forward, but, and let me put this out there. Cause I think this is really important to address with this. There is already a movement brewing. You see it on social media. You see it on these message boards of people not trusting the government to give them a vaccine. And certainly in, in black communities, uh, they, and I've spoken to Winston, uh, Winston A. Marshall and Jay Washington, a co-host Game Time with me. We talked about this actually on the sports show the other day. They said, you know, there is a s- inherent sense of distrust because how black people have been used for experiments in the past or the first to get infected with things to test out if it works for the overall white majority in the country in decades past. So there is this fear because a lot of COVID really affected the inner cities and the black community, Latino communities uh, very severely. So this is the, the numbers were higher in those communities than the white community. So and then there's suspicion. So the fact that there's suspicion and there's worry and then you're hearing it from some people on the right that they're not going to take a vaccine. No one's going to make me take a vaccine. And I'm sure there are people on the extreme left who are hardcore hippies or whatever. It's like, no, no, don't touch me with that stuff. God will heal me or whatever, or like the universe will heal me or whatever. So that's my concern. No, we're not all lining up in mass in unison to take this vaccine. So this fear of going back to the theater may remain if this movement becomes louder and louder and gets more and more coverage. And that could be the final death knell into a lot of theaters because uh, just recently, according to that article as well, Mike, that you were uh, reading here, they also mentioned how many theaters took losses of 70% or more. I think 96% of the theaters took losses of 70% or more. And they're trying to get funding from the government during this lame lame duck session of Congress to help them stay afloat. But in the end, if people still won't come back after the vaccine, then we got ourselves a huge, huge trouble here in the cinema world. I mean, I, look, even before COVID, anti-vaxxers were a thing. So that exists out there. Uh, I do think I do think that at least a lot of the people that I've talked to, a lot of the people that are here on Twitter, a big part of I'm afraid to take a vaccine is tied to current administration. Uh, so I do think, uh, you know, if this if this vaccine does come out between now and January, uh, I think there is going to still be those concerns, those fears. Uh, mm-hmm. The hope and what I hope happens uh, is that once we have a grown up in the White House again, uh, the you know, who is already putting together a COVID task force, who's sure. already bringing in experts, scientists, the medical fields, the people that you actually do want to hear from when you're like, yeah. is this safe? Uh, that hopefully that will uh, encourage people to feel more comfortable with it. So we'll but see. How about, Fingers crossed. How about, the, how about those anti-maskers, though, who like that child in the White House right now? 70 million people voted for him. Do you think there's a lot of those people that will take a vaccine under the Joe Biden administration? That's, you know, that's I, the reverse think, logic in that argument. You know? I think there are absolutely people who voted for Trump who will refuse to take a vaccine or think yeah. that the Democrats are doing something. But I don't think it's 70 million. Uh, I don't think that 70 million people are all going to decide not to take a vaccine or all of a sudden not trust the government. Um, When you look at like, uh, and this is what we're going to talk about in a few minutes, but when you look look at the election on either side, look, there are the people on the extremes for both the left and the right that 
Fox, CNN, MSNBC, every media source loves to put on television. And then there's the, you know, millions of Americans that are somewhere in the middle. And I yep. think a lot of those people chose to vote a way that I didn't choose to vote. And that's part of the way democracy works. But I do think those people will still, you know, listen to science or at least one would hope. Let's hope so. Yeah. Any uh, any final words on this one? Uh, oh, man. No? Just... Okay. Now, you know I'm not wrong, right? You know that's a possibility. So oh, for sure, oh, that's what that's what concerns 100%. me. Yeah, that's 100%. why I brought it up because it concerns me. Because you know it was nice going to see Tenet, but I like it in a more full movie theater. I like feeling safe, and I didn't feel safe the whole time I was there. I felt I felt you know? safe when I rented out my theater. <laughs> you pay that money that you get the theater all to yourself, and it's just you and five other friends. You get your popcorn. <laughs> you sit in the middle of the theater, and you feel. Fine. Hundred bucks. You paid it out. Hundred bucks to have a theater. Or are you just playing around? No, no, no. I did. Uh, did oh, I not nice. mention this? Yeah, we. Uh, nope. We nope. went. I went down to see. I went down to see Tenet. Uh, did you guys get sushi ahead of time? No, I'm just asking. Uh, <laughs> I did not go with that one or this one. I didn't go <laughs> with, with that one. one. <laughs> uh, didn't go with that one either. Uh, I. Uh, uh, no, my uh, my my brother and I went with four other friends, and we went down to Huntington Beach. We drove down there. Uh, went to the I believe it's the Century Theater or whatever, but oh, yeah, okay. you can you can rent out a theater yep. for a private screening for 150 bucks. Which once yeah. you split it up and you can take up to 20 friends, uh, you know, wow. you go into the movie theater, you go through the concession line, everything is socially distanced out. You get nice. your food, everyone's got masks on. You go into your theater, it's just you and your friends, people that you've already hopefully been around or been comfortable with you yeah. can sit next to each other if you want you can sit super spread out because it's just for us there was just six of us in a big old theater um and we watched the movie and wow. although i too love a crowded theater i'm not mad at having my own true that's fair <laughs> that's uh, that's so on brand that's so on brand for you i love it with with uh with the, do you get to choose the movie or do they tell you what movies that are available there do you get like a my, list of movies or just the movies that are out. My my friend actually did all the booking, so I'm not a hundred percent sure. I mean, Tenant oh, obviously cool. was a choice because it's what's currently out in theaters. Right. Like, if he had right. called and said, "I want to watch Who Framed Roger Rabbit," uh, I don't know if they had everything on hand or if they just had a list of things. But mm -hmm. the hope is, you know, I was already talking to some friends, and assuming these theaters or theaters nearby outside of LA County are going to be open and you can rent theaters, like in March. Mm. If things if things are actually in a better place and things are open, great. But when Raya and the Last Dragon comes out in theaters, mm. uh, I will be renting a theater and I will be taking people to go see that movie because there's no way I'm missing uh, a Disney animated feature film opening weekend. I'd I'd like to be included in that. I'll send you twenty bucks. There you yeah, go. Well, we'll see. We'll see. It depends. Oh. Depend <laughs> <laughs> of course, you'd be included no, no. in that. Oh my god! Anyway, all right. Let's. Uh, there we go. We'll see what happens, and uh, you know, let us know what you all think down in the comment section below about any of the topics we just talked about. Um, but as we go into the break, uh, for those of you who are listening to us on the uh, podcast feed, you're going to hear from our sponsors. Uh, and for those who are not, uh, and you're watching us on YouTube, we're going to take a quick five second break, and uh, we'll be right back uh, right after this. Do 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 do. It's really this one. I mean, like at first I thought it wasn't on theme, but then given what we're talking about, I felt like it was on theme. Like I just kind of went back and forth on that through the break. But I'll give it to you. No, no, 
I, I was more referring to your internet. It is under pressure and under <laughs> right now. Well, that is that is that is true. I do not have the best connection today. Can't tell you why. Don't know. You're coming, you're coming through vocally well, though. You're coming through vocally well, so you're fine there. You're fine there. Um, all right. So uh, for, for those of you topic, for, for those yeah. of you listening at home, I sound great. For those that you of you looking at me, I apologize for my hideous, <laughs> hideous uh, appearance today. Oh my! <laughs> Beast. Uh, all right. So with. With our main topic today, we're going to get into, um, I don't know, people's reaction to the election and what we see now going forward here. Um, there's a lot still going on. You know, we can't we, uh, let's address it all here. Uh, Joe Biden was uh, officially announced as uh, the president elect, uh, got enough electoral votes to cross that 270. Um, and uh, there were a lot of celebrations that happened globally around the world celebrating Joe Biden's election. Um, uh, and what we term as election. Uh, of course, there is the other side. Uh, uh, President Donald Trump has refused to concede. Uh, as we're recording this, Secretary Pomp- Pompeo uh, shamelessly said uh, there will be a smooth transition when answering to a reporter, a smooth transition into a second Trump administration. Uh, and that is uh, the kind of thing that we're dealing with here. But we want to focus on the positive nature of this election and what we see coming now as a celebration, possibly of creativity over the next four years and what we anticipate we might see from the media uh, overall uh, and from creators overall over the next four years. Uh, Mike and Shannon, uh, I'll go, Mike, I'll go to you. I mean, first, obviously, uh, Mike, this was a very big deal for a lot of people and you were tweeting about it like crazy. We were talking all of us on that thread about it, our group thread of friends. Uh, this was a, a, a very big celebration and a lot of connections to return of the Jedi to all of these celebratory things that happen in, in multiple uh, uh, slices of media, film, television, and what have you that were connected to this for sure. What was your reaction to all of it? Mike? Uh, yeah. I mean, well, look, one of the things I want to say, like, obviously, and again, if anyone is a listener of geek plays, obviously our politics are pretty clear. And I know that we may have listeners that, uh, don't share all of those politics, but for today, I'm going to talk about my perspective as a liberal geek, uh, which may not be yours, but that's what I'm going to talk about. Um, and I think for me and for a lot of people, as you said, uh, the, the, uh, similarities to this past Saturday, uh, when Biden was officially announced uh, by uh, news outlets, all the news outlets, as the president-elect, uh, the, the, the celebrations that spontaneously happened, not just in our country, but around yeah. the world, could, you could not deny the similarities to the end of the special edition of Return of the Jedi, uh, when the entire galaxy was seen celebrating the fall of the Empire. And I think that throughout uh, this presidency and a lot of the challenges that people have had, you know, you've constantly seen geeks falling back on um, the stories that we grew up and still do love and enjoy. So uh, I remember when Trump was elected in 2016, uh, you know, I dropped a Dumbledore quote. And I know Mm -hmm. that uh, people have looked at, you know, Dumbledore's army and Harry Potter, you know, fighting again, disagreeing with the Ministry of Magic and insisting that something is bad is coming or, uh, you know, Sam and Frodo taking the ring to Mount Doom and the Fellowship of the Ring or Sam's giant speech uh, about the darkest days leading to a brighter dawn. And so I think that throughout it, whether it be, 
Harry Potter, Star Wars, Hunger Games, uh, you know, take your pick. We have so many stories of a plucky group of people standing up to the authority that is abusing power and ultimately being successful. And I think that you saw uh, on Saturday um, everybody taking their favorite geek analogy and just flooding the internet with it. So in addition to all of the joyful celebrating and the honking of the horns and people running around and driving and doing all the things that they were doing, um, opening up Twitter on Saturday, which usually is a, a cesspool of depression and stress, was a joy. Uh, you know, I got, I got. There were some great Star Wars bits. There was, uh, there were some Hunger Games. I got a great Lion King, uh, Lion King <laughs> bit with Rafiki painting Joe Biden on his tree and saying it was yeah. time. And I think that I just really enjoy that. I love, I love when we see. Uh, a moment that is spontaneously so happy and spontaneously so joyful that people pick their favorite geek moments and just flood the world with them. And we do see how those are the things as geeks that keep us going. Uh, yeah. So for me, that was that was my first big geek sort of uh, happy moment on Saturday. But Shannon, how about for you? Yeah, I mean, the, your your Rafiki tweet that you put up was really was really was really special. That that yeah. got me that got me good. Um, I feel like what the what the last week has been is um, the the third act of a movie <laughs> where it looks like on election nights, even though we had kind of been told that it's it's up front, it's going to look very good for Trump because most states are counting the in-person votes first and then the mail-ins will come in after yeah. that. And so I, you know, I was with my girlfriend and we were both getting a little, a little down. Cause it's like, Oh boy, it might be, it might be 2016 all over again. And then waking up on the next morning and seeing that it looked like the tide started to go the other way. And like any, any good movie, that's where it ends. It's like, Oh, it looks like we've done it. And then the past couple of days with, um, uh, the the uh, majority of uh, Republican senators not acknowledging not acknowledging the win, which right. they they have gone on record to say news, you know, the media does not say who the president is, you know, the go the government does. Right. Um, and then you hear from McConnell, from Senator McConnell from Kentucky, saying that the president is well within his rights to Pompeo's announcement today, it's suddenly we're in the John Woo fourth act where it's uh, the movie is continuing to go. It's 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 this it's the speedboat chase at the end of face off. Like we thought the movie was done, but the action is continuing. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I choose to focus on I choose to focus on the positive because we've just had so much negative this year. Yeah. That uh, I think focusing on that is just you know that's 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 a fool's errand. There's there's no there's no light at the end of that tunnel. So, you know, well, he, he, here's hoping. <laughs> yeah, and, and I'll take that. I'll take that. Uh, our our geek movie or geek series analogy one step further. Uh, I, whoa. Sorry about that, going guys. On right there Sorry with that about flashlight. You, you just take a picture of yourself? No, no, no. Sometimes uh, <laughs> when the sun goes down a little bit, I have to adjust the lights. So, okay. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> I, thought, I thought the Babadook just showed up in this thing. Uh, there is no what, election. What? what? Hey, what is happening? There it is. There it is. Uh, one of the things. Um, one of the things I really appreciated about Biden's speech on Saturday night. Uh, was the desire to kind of put all of uh, to bring down the temperature and take all of this 
hate and rhetoric and mm. two sides battling each other and bring it to the end. And the other thing I will say, uh, as challenging as this will be, and by no means am I saying, I've, I've seen a lot of memes that are like, hey, we can disagree politically, but we should still be able to get along. And I'm like, eh, we can disagree about climate change or healthcare, but when you're talking about my rights as a gay man or systemic racism or other things, it makes it a little harder to see, be like, let's just put this aside. I'm not saying put everything aside. But I do appreciate the idea of like, let's try and figure out how we do work together. Yeah. And that also to me uh, ties to something that I feel really strongly about some of my favorite uh, geeky stories. So whether that be Luke Skywalker when it comes to Darth Vader, whether that be Aang uh, in Avatar, whether that be Steven in Steven Universe, uh, so many of the stories that we all love and appreciate uh, or Superman and the reason that I like him so much uh, do involve characters that try to find that redemption moment, even in their worst enemy. Uh, and again, I'm not saying that's easy. I'm not saying we all should. I'm not saying anybody should even desire to do that, uh, given a lot of the things that have been said and done. But I do yeah. think that for us to move on as a country, that eventually we've got to figure out some way forward. And I thought Biden's speech was really good. And again, yeah. it did really make me feel Steven Universe, Luke Skywalker, Aang, uh, you know, you can go down the list. Uh, yeah. and, and so, you know, I'm more of a Superman. There's plenty of Batmans and Punishers out there uh, in the geek world as well. And I think there's a lot of room for everyone's opinions on that. But that was another thing that I really liked. Yeah, I agree. I thought it was great to see everybody celebrating. I, you know, um, I'm of that age now where I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic about everything. I don't take anything for granted. I don't go too celebratory unless I actually see the victory fully. And so for me, you know, I, I was kind of the lone holdout in a way I felt a little bit with some of the uh, celebrations I saw going on. All right. I, I was almost, I was envious that I couldn't feel that way. I was envious because that I, this guy has shell shocked me and put me in essentially the room like Brie Larson for four years. And so I don't put anything past these people and this administration. And we're seeing it now with Pompeo and some of the other stuff. So you worry about that. But what I choose to focus on now is hoping that eventually dies down. Uh, and we see these, this explosion of creativity, this feeling that people feel like me who've been, who feel like they've been in, in a little bit of a cage for lack of a better term and actually a probably applicable term for the next for the last four years a figurative cage and now you know that you feel like that we're or maybe we're out of this and you've got a president you can just kind of you know kind of tune into and also realize and, and hope he's doing the right thing and uh, default that he's doing the right thing and can focus on uh creativity and so i hope that there's this um, a happier explosion of joy in some of the media we're going to see coming down the pike because if you have i mean the last four years there's been a lot of uh kind of really dark media kind of dark uh, stuff, which is good to explore. I think it's not wrong to explore that. But I also think it would be nice to kind of get back to that place of of joy and happiness and expression of unity and expression of goodwill towards each other. And especially as we walk into Christmas, you know, we're, we're not that far away from Christmas season starting. I lit it for the first time ever this year. I let myself listen to a Christmas song uh, the other day and it felt great. Uh, you know, it was right after the election. It felt great to listen to a Christmas wow. song and have some kind of hope. You know, Mariah Carey, Mariah Carey, thanks you as she you. fills up her bank account <laughs> once again this November. Um, Respect. I mean, Jesse J has a new album, and that's an interesting experience listening to Jesse J Christmas music. I'll tell you what, Jingle Bells never sounded like that. Uh, anyway, uh, what were you going to say, Mike? Uh, no, I was going to say, you know, to, along those lines and along uh, coming out of that darkness that a lot of people have felt, uh, as we're using these movie analogies, we're talking about Star Wars, we're talking about The Room. Uh, you know, I love Mel Brooks. 
I love Mel Brooks a lot. I love Mel yep. Brooks movies. I think they're very funny. And I think no matter what side of the political spectrum you sit on, uh, when you see a real life Mel Brooks moment happen, you got to take a moment and laugh. And I'm talking about Four Seasons Landscaping. <laughs> and I have to say that in the list of 2020 things that have happened in 2020, uh, Trump, Rudy Giuliani and Trump's lawyers uh, saying they were going to the Four Seasons to make an announcement, but then yeah. correcting it to say that they were going to Four Seasons Landscaping and Rudy Giuliani finding out that the media has announced Joe Biden as the president-elect as he stands at a landscaping company that is between an adult bookstore and a crematorium <laughs> is probably my favorite thing that has happened this year and is straight out of a classic Mel Brooks comedy. Um, so much so that... And then to add to that, I just want to say, as we're talking about geeks and geek communities... Uh, props to the furry community who then proceeded to build uh, Four Seasons Landscaping in VR as a hangout spot and all hung out as their furry avatars. Because you know what was missing? In the landscaping, adult bookstore, crematorium moment was a bunch of furries hanging out as well. And so really, yeah. this is my favorite part of 2020. And I do think that where I do love the internet and where the internet has really saved me a lot in this past year is... In our darkest hour, y'all are some funny motherfuckers. True. And there very, has been there's there's been an ability to laugh at even some of the worst things that have happened uh, as we've been struggling, because sometimes you have to. Some things are so hard, some things are so upsetting, and the internet has been a great tool for spreading good information, uh, uh, getting the word out there on horrible things that have happened that we all do need to get behind, and it's been a good tool for that. It's also been a yeah. big good tool for misinformation and for Russia and China to uh, spread misinformation, but China. I will say that like the... Um, the, the laughter that I have derived from some of the really, really good humor, uh, in, including, actually, we all know, because we are geeks, uh, Natalie Portman's famous line from Star Wars, uh, this is how democracy dies with thunderous applause. Yeah. But I really appreciated them redoing the, the meme this week and saying, so this is how fascism dies between a dildo shop and a crematorium. <laughs> Yeah, so that's I just suppose, yeah. I suppose that's right, <laughs> and let's hope it doesn't die for sure. But yeah, that was very funny. Um, what do you think, Shannon? What has been your? I mean, because you, I mean, you've got people who are on one side of the fence that you obviously you're connected to, and people on the other side of the fence. I'm sure there's been two very strong, extreme reactions uh, to yeah. this situation. And so, do you envision the possibility of uh, you know going forward and maybe finding a little bit of more common ground, and we start to kind of go back to a little bit of normalcy that happened in years past? I mean, right now, I, I, I choose to hope, mm. but it's, it's um, especially at this moment, it is very, it's very difficult to imagine that happening yeah. um, or at least happening quickly. Uh, we live in such a culture of, of uh, what aboutism, uh, you know, yeah you guys were doing this. So now we're doing that. And then, well, you did that. So now we're doing this. Mm -hmm. It's really sad. I mean, you know, I grew up in Orlando, which is a bit more red. Well, the state is a bit more red. Mm -hmm. I think the city is pretty blue. Um, but there are definitely people on my, you know, Facebook timeline who, you know, I haven't spoken to in, you know, 20 years, yeah. uh, who, who have some very extreme opinions, um, about what's going on. And yeah. the, 
the wants to say something is there, but at the same time, I, I try to practice restraint because I don't think I'm going to be changing anyone's mind over a Facebook comment. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I'm like, I, I don't feel right doing this because this person, we have not spoken to each other in 20 years. Right. You now right. pop up and say, you're wrong. And here's why you're wrong. Um, it's, I, I would love to get back to a place of civility. And there are definitely people on the other mm -hmm. side that I, that I do have civility with. I yeah. mean, I, I have family that that voted that voted the other way. Yeah. And some of them we can have a conversation and some of them we can't. Um, but overall, I wish people would recognize that overall we all want basically the same thing. We want yeah. the country to do well. Uh, you know, we're all trying to get to the same destination. Just people have different ideas of which path we should take. Yeah. And when you're on when you're in such a uh polarizing time it's it's very hard to envision how taking their path could get us to where we want right um so yeah i mean i you know i'm i'm, I'm choosing to remain cautiously optimistic and that's not just with the future it's 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 what's happened it's 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 the result of the election i mean yeah. i i don't see how anyone could argue that uh biden didn't win by by a significant amount, but yeah. people, people will, like Jeff Goldblum says, yeah. uh, life, <laughs> life will find a way. Yeah. Well, and the, the thing is, the thing I take hope in is that we've seen over the last few months, how last year, really how the me too movement and the black lives matter movement has really resonated in the halls of Hollywood, TV, Broadway, creative, creative places. It's really rest and businesses as well that have nothing to do with entertainment. It's resonated. And so even amongst the darkness, there have been people who know, who have been open to uh, receive messages of right and wrong and under and, and maybe repair damage that has been done for years. Because the systemic racism, racism isn't just the police. It's Hollywood too. It's in the left areas. It's in the right areas. And so it's been there through the, through the dawn of time or through the dawn of this country rather. And so you make the changes. And I sense the quick changes that have happened already uh, in the entertainment world have been incredible. The quick changes in the business world have been incredible. And so you hope that's the kind of like uh, future we're looking at over the next uh, four years and certainly beyond that people are more aware of these things. And yeah, they'll come up with cute terms like unconscious racism or whatever, but like the, it's, it's whatever, as long as the path is, repairing this, making it right, being more aware of it in the future and being open to hearing from the other side to have conversations and find compromise. That's always the key is compromise, you know? And so, but you can't have that if both sides are so entrenched. And I think what we're seeing uh, through these reactions to Black Lives Matter, at least in the entertainment world, business world, what have you, and me too, is a desire to hear the other side and to repair things. And maybe that's a a blueprint for all of us going forward, no matter what field we're in. And I hope that's what happens. Yeah, look, I mean, I think that that's why, you know, you had mentioned kind of things getting back to normal. And I think mm. for a lot of people, um, I think the idea of going back to normal is uh, not that appealing. Um, right. I think that, go, you know, for a lot of people in the black community, LGBT You mean the old community, normal, right, right, right. Good point. Right, I'm just saying that like, even but prior no to Trump, we uh, as, we, yeah, as we've all said, uh, you know, Trump didn't create all of these problems in America. Right, right. He 
capitalized on them. He used them, yes. but he didn't uh, create them himself. There was issues that were there before. There was issues that were there during Obama. There was issues that were there that yeah. predated Obama. And I think that as bad as 2020 has been for a lot of people in a lot of different ways, um, sometimes you've got to like take that moment um, and look at things and say, look, we can do better and we can do better. You know, I mean, this is not about making America great again. This is not about going back to some fictional right. time where things were good for some and not so great for others. This is about building a better America. I mean, there are a lot of things about the way America used to work that are good. And there's a lot of things that were really bad. So let's take the good uh, and make sure that, that applies to everybody moving forward. And I think that, you know, that's the hope. And, and, and as we've said... At the end of every great uh, geek franchise that we love, uh, you know, bad guys are vanquished and the good guys win. And you have that moment where you're like, well, what happens now? Uh, And we're hopefully getting close to that moment. And, you know, the movies only help tell us how to get to the end of the giant battle. They don't tell us how to rebuild everything after that. So that's something that we're going to have to figure (laughs) out on our own. Uh, And it'll be interesting to see how we do that. Yeah. And what we've seen in Star Wars, what happens post the victory, that's what we're seeing, all the exploration of what it's like to actually try to run the galaxy and the stuff that can happen there. So we'll see. Yeah, well, it's, a good, it's a good point. As much as uh, The Force Awakens <laughs> being a carbon copy of Episode Four uh, grates on me, in a way, it is a valid warning of what could be to come. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. let's, let's figure out a different way so that we don't just end up with the Empire with a new name and a bigger Death Star. Let's yeah. do something different. Yeah, for God's sakes, no more Death Stars. Uh, all right, well, then, <laughs> I think that's a good note to end on with this episode of uh, The Geek Buddies. Really appreciate you all taking the time to watch or to listen to our show. Remember, The Geek Buddies, if you're watching us on YouTube, is also available in podcast form. So if you don't want to watch us again or YouTube, is a bit too difficult for you to listen to while you're working out or, or cleaning the house or doing a little lawn work, whatever it is, take us along with you uh, uh, in your ears on our podcast feed. Just look up the Geek Buddies and it's there for you to download wherever you download podcasts. Uh, all right, uh, Shannon, what can we tell them? Yeah, if you'd like to follow us on social media, on Twitter, it's at geek underscore buddies. On Instagram, at the underscore geek underscore buddies. If you'd like to follow me on social media, on Twitter, it's at Shannon underscore McClung. On Instagram, at Shannon the Geek Buddy. If you would like to follow Mr. Vogel, it's at MKTune. If you would like to follow Mr. Roca, it's at The Roca Says. Thank you. And as Johnny said, we are available in video or audio form for your listening and viewing pleasure. Uh, And we appreciate you guys being a part of this, and we want to keep the conversation going, and we want to increase it and make it even bigger. Uh, We don't want just half of the country voting for us. We want the whole country voting for us. Uh, So to help help us do that, here's what you guys can do. like uh, like this video below. Subscribe to Johnny's Outlaw page. Leave us some comments below. We love checking out what you guys think. Agree with us. Disagree with us. Always a fun conversation. Um, we will definitely get back to you there. Uh, if you are listening to us, as Johnny said, on Anchor or Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever podcasts are sold or downloaded, uh, go ahead and give us some stars there. Give us some rankings. Leave some comments. It helps us go up higher in the lists as people search for geeky things to listen to. Uh, and we want everybody to be able to find us. And the greatest thing that you guys can do is share this video on Twitter, share it on Facebook, text it to your friends, say, check these guys out. And uh, there you go. May the force <laughs> be with us all. Yeah, that's for sure. As we walk into a new four years, may the force be with us all. Uh, all right. Thank you all so much for joining us. Uh, that's it. We'll be back uh, next week with another brand new episode of The Geek Buddies. 
Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics, and sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot-button issues. And it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.